Amen. Good morning, Hudson Valley Church. It is good to see you all. Uh, welcome to our, as was mentioned, Community Sunday. I'll say a little bit more about that in just a second. Um, but as Steve mentioned last week and even today, happy fall, happy autumn. Um, it came in with a vengeance this week. All of a sudden, Friday, it decided to be fall. So amen, it's here. Uh, that is exciting. Um, I did want to mention that before I jump into the sermon today, we are going to pray for Puerto Rico. As many of you know, know um, Hurricane Fiona uh, tore through Puerto Rico. There's uh, devastation there, and so we want to take an opportunity to pray uh, for Puerto Rico. So let's go ahead uh, as a community and pray for Puerto Rico. Heavenly Father, we uh, come before you to just offer up prayers to you for Puerto Rico. Um, God, we know that you know uh, the devastation that the hurricane that recently tore through Puerto Rico uh, has left in its wake. And God, we pray that you would be with the people of Puerto Rico, be with the leadership, the decision makers, um, as they move forward and try to repair uh, and recover from that devastation. Uh, for those that have uh, lost friends and family members, we pray that you would comfort them and be with them uh, in a way that only you can be. I pray that people would turn to you during this time. And God, I just pray that you would be with them in a very powerful way. Uh, we love you. We thank you for hearing our prayer. Uh, we thank you for comforting people and being with people during difficult times. Um, we love you, God. And again, we thank you. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, again, happy uh, Community Sunday. Uh, so this is a great opportunity for us to come together as a church and celebrate community and all that it means uh, in terms of coming together as people that uh, are different and are unique and have different cultural backgrounds and gifts to give and celebrate what God has done in creating community. And I appreciate that I get to uh, preach this sermon as we're in this series talking about revival. Uh, because in my mind, you can't have revival without having community. I think those two things are integrally connected. And I appreciate the way Steve started us off last week with thinking about, well, revival begins with God. God is the one who initiates and sustains revival. And he does that through community. And so that's what I'm going to be talking about today. And as I was preparing for the sermon, um, I was trying to think about, you know, what can I say or do to help revive our community? You know, last week, Steve sang. He sang in church to revive uh, our people. And then today, McCullough danced. You know, and people were dancing in front of the, the community. And so I thought, well, what do I have to give? But I can sing and dance. So I'm going to just put those two things together uh, later today. So amen to that. Um, let's go on with the sermon. Um, but I do want to, you know, speaking of, of last week again, just say, what a powerful message that was from Steve to get us to focus on, yes, revival, but that starts with God. In Zechariah 4, verse 6, that was given during this time that we've been in with Ezra and the exiles coming back to Israel, 
Uh, this was a message that Zechariah gave to Zerubbabel in particular, but also the people of Israel. He said, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. So what do we take from that? Well, if we're going to do anything productive or effective as a community, it's got to come from God, not our power, not our might, but by God's power, by his spirit, these things will be done. But as, from a community standpoint, we have the responsibility to respond to that prompting. God prompts, God revives, it's God's power that initiates those things, but we have a responsibility to respond to that prompting. And we see in Ezra 3, a very powerful community response to the prompting of God. And I believe that that provides us with the core or the characteristics of revival. And those are my four points, core, C-O-R-E. It takes congregating or coming together as one, which we'll see in just a minute. It takes obedience to the word, which is a prioritizing of things, which I'll mention in just mention a bit more so in just a minute. It takes rejoicing, giving thanks and praise to God, for God, for community, and all the blessings that come alongside of community. It also takes engaging. We need everybody to engage in the work to bring your spiritual gifts. We all have things that only you can bring to the table to build community and do the work that God has called us to do. So I'm going to read Ezra 3, and I'm going to be pulling out these themes and just uh, highlighting them and then giving us some practicals before we go and do what we came to do, which was to feast and fellowship together. But I want to feed on the word a little bit uh, before we get there. So Ezra 3, uh, you can turn with me in your Bibles there. I'm going to read uh, that whole chapter and then make a couple of points, and then we can feast a bit more. So Ezra 3, uh, verse 1, when the seventh month came and the Israelites had settled in their towns, the people assembled together as one in Jerusalem. Then Joshua, son of Josedek, and his fellow priests, and Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, and his associates began to build the altar of the God of Israel to sacrifice burnt offerings on it in accordance with what is written in the law of Moses, the man of God. Despite their fear of the peoples around them, they built on the altar, or they built the altar on its foundation and sacrificed burnt offerings on it to the Lord, both the morning and evening sacrifices. Then, in accordance with what is written, they celebrated the festival of tabernacles with the required number of burnt offerings prescribed in the word for each day. After that, they presented the regular burnt offerings, the new moon sacrifices, and the sacrifices for all the appointed sacred festivals of the Lord, as well as those brought as free will offerings to the Lord. On the first day of the seventh month, they began to offer burnt offerings to the Lord, though the foundation of the Lord's temple had not yet been laid. Verse 7, then they gave money to the masons and carpenters and gave food and drink and olive oil to the people of Sidon 
and Tyre so that they would bring cedar logs by sea from Lebanon to Joppa as authorized by Cyrus, king of Persia. In the second month of the second year, after the arrival at the house of God in Jerusalem, Zerubbabel, son of Shatil, Joshua, son of Josedek, and the rest of the people, the priests and the Levites, and all who had returned from captivity to Jerusalem, began the work. They appointed Levites 20 years old and older to supervise the building of the house of the Lord. Joshua and his sons and brothers, and Cadmiel and his sons, descendants of Hadaviah, and the sons of Henadad, and their sons and brothers, all Levites joined together in supervising those working on the house of God. Verse 10, when the builders laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, the priests in their vestments, and with trumpets, and the Levites, the sons, the sons of Asaph, with symbols took their places to praise the Lord as prescribed by King David of Israel. With praise and thanksgiving, they sang to the Lord, He is good! His love towards Israel endures forever! And all the people gave a great shout of praise to the Lord, because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. But many of the older priests and Levites and family heads who had been seen or who had seen the former temple wept aloud when they saw the foundation of this temple being laid, while many others shouted for joy. No one could distinguish the sounds of the shouts of joy from the sound of weeping because the people made so much noise and the sound was heard far away. Okay, a lot in there to, to break down and take away from that. But the first thing to say is, there's a lot of tough names in there, and I tried to do my best to pronounce them uh, in a way that made sense. So uh, anyway, hopefully that came across well. But I want to highlight some things that I believe that we can take about their revival to bring into our revival in community. Point number one, they came together. They congregated. And I love the way it's put here in the scriptures. It says that they came together as one, as one person. And you can imagine what that was like a little bit. They came back from exile. Uh, there were people that were still in Israel. And so they came together. They were settling in their towns. They probably had a lot of mixed emotions about coming back together. And we see that at the end of the chapter, mixed emotions. Some people were fired up and excited. Some people grieved over what was prior to their arrival. And I think as we come back together, in many ways from COVID, there's probably some mixed emotions about coming back together. Maybe even within ourselves, some excitement, some joy. I can't wait to hug people again. I can't wait to get back together and, and be together. And then maybe some reluctance around that too. And all that, there is space here for that in community. Mixed feelings, some reluctance. It doesn't mean that you're not spiritual. It just means that that's your experience. So let's talk about that. Let's work through that. Some people are fired up and excited. There's space for that too. There's joy around that. But regardless of where you are, to come together is essential for community and is essential for revival. And I want to talk just a little bit about probably what this coming together was like specifically 
highlighting what community is. So this is from Henry Nouwen, a, uh, a theologian and, and priest. He was also uh, a scholar um, and theologian, had this to say about community. Community is a place marked by acceptance, intimacy, and vulnerability, where we can bear fruit in solidarity with others and be the body of Christ for the sake of the world. It's a place of care and celebration, the place where our wounds and weaknesses are exposed, a sheltered place for the confession of sin and brokenness, and a house of love where we can receive forgiveness and offer it in return. And I believe as the Israelites came together after being exiled, after this traumatic experience, that this is some of the things that marked their experience in coming together. Acceptance, intimacy, vulnerability. There was a, probably a range of experiences through that exile. Brokenness, defeat, sadness, grieving over what was. I mean, they were the people of God who had then been exiled and taken away by an evil nation. Imagine what was going through their minds during that experience and now being called back together, a reshaping or renewal of their identity. There was probably a lot of mixed feelings about that, but there was space for that. They probably held one another in terms of acceptance, vulnerability, and intimacy. And you see that coming together in Ezra 3. I believe they were prompted by God, but they needed to respond in community. And this was the start of that revival. And I believe that needs to be a marker for our community and our revival as well. Acceptance of where you are spiritually, of where you're coming from. A sense of intimacy. A sense of vulnerability. And I appreciate the opportunity, I believe, is going to follow this to connect with one, each, with one another around these things. So congregating is important for revival. It's important for a community to come together and be together. I also believe it requires obedience to the word. A priority of God as number one in our community. And we see that in Ezra 3. They offered themselves and began with worship in multiple times, verse 2 and 4 and elsewhere. This was in accordance to the law or word of God. Now you can imagine as they were in exile, they probably were sort of reoriented in terms of their priorities. And actually that's what led them into exile. That's why God was disciplining his people because their priorities were off. They were placing other things above God, well above God in certain instances. And, and so he disciplined them. They, they, they went away in exile. They were exiled because of that disobedience. But you see, as they come back together as a community, there is this prioritization of God's word. They worship, they did things in accordance with God and with his word. 
And I believe that needs to be a marker or characteristic of our community, prioritizing God. Now, again, back to our experience with COVID and being you know, separated, I'd imagine that it was easier to prioritize other things over God. And so as we come back together, as we experience revival, we need to reorient ourselves to putting God as number one in our lives. And we see a good example of that here in Ezra 3. There's rejoicing. There's rejoicing in celebration of God and being able to come back together. They celebrated the Feast of Tabernacles or the Festival of Booths. And I just want to highlight that really quickly because there's an interesting connection here in them celebrating that because they had a similar experience to where that celebration came from. So back in the Exodus experience, when the Israelites traveled through the wilderness, they were freed from their exile of sorts in Egypt. They slept in tents or booths or tabernacles. And so that celebration was to commemorate that experience. And they celebrated that here because they're coming back together as well in a similar way as to what the Israelites experienced in the Exodus. And so that's an interesting connection there. They gave thanks to God. They praised God for his mercy and love. And you can imagine that joyous occasion to have been freed from exile. Finally, they can come back together with family and friends. I believe there's a bit of a similar experience with us being able to come back together, to be being able to congregate. I remember early on in the pandemic, as we were having virtual classes or virtual services, people saying over and over again, I can't wait to get back together so we can have a hug fest together. Let's not, not lose sight of that. That's something to rejoice over. That's something to uh, be thankful towards God that we have a community, that we have each other, and that we can hug again, if that's okay uh, with you. But that's something to rejoice over. And then engaging. The last sort of step in this process, one thing that I wanted to point out, they engaged the work. It says that they gave their financial resources. People were using their spiritual gifts to rebuild the temple and rebuild community. We've got to engage the work. We've got to engage with one another and we've got to use our spiritual gifts in community for community. If we don't, that revival will not take shape and community will not form. If we sit on the sidelines with our gifts, either not willing to identify those gifts or not willing to use those gifts, again, in community for community. You have a gift. You have probably multiple gifts and they're all needed and necessary for the church to be what the church has call been called to be. And we see in Ezra 3, as people are engaging those gifts, as they're engaging the work, the community is, is rebuilding. There's revival that's starting to happen here. 
And we see that take shape in Ezra 3. And so my call, I believe the call of God to all of us is to recognize our gifts. What do you have to bring to the table? And bring it to the table. Bring it to the community. Help us revive. Help us to grow. And so my challenge for all of us this week is to engage those characteristics of revival. The C-O-R-E, the core of a community response to revival. To congregate. To be obedient to the word. To rejoice and to engage the work. Specifically, I encourage you to identify a gift that you can use this week and identify a way that you can use that gift in our community. I know that call has gone out before, but don't sit on that. Don't waste that opportunity and that time to be able to think that through. Be proactive. I think we can get comfortable on the sidelines, but we've got to be proactive and engage the work. So let's enjoy our community Sunday together and experience the core of revival. Let's come together and get to know each other. Let's obey the word and love one another. Let's celebrate what God has given us through community and let's engage the work in community for the sake of community and to God be the glory. Amen.